Come on, church. Welcome to Luminous. Hey, come on, 1030 service. You made it. You made it. And I'm so glad that you're here. Excited for what God is doing in our house. We got a baptism coming up at the end of service. Really excited for that. Oh, man, God is just amazing in every way, and I'm so grateful to be here. Uh, Pastor Will, uh, campus minister Will, whatever you want to call him, Will, uh, preached an incredible word last Sunday. And, man, so grateful for our team last Sunday, just running church while I was with our Every Nation Church there in Midland, Texas. And just a joy to be back. Miss my family. I, I, I don't like leaving this place much. I love these people. I love our people. I love that we do life together. I love that we get to link arms together. I love that we get to share uh, with one another and be near to one another and just worship God together. I love this house. I love what God's doing here, and I love what he's going to do through this next series, Light the World. Um, Over the next several weeks, we're going to go through this series, and I want to talk through uh, several things this morning. As you know, it's a busy morning. There's a lot going around a lot. There's a lot going on around the world. There's a lot happening. And so I want to I I address just a luminous church and just, um, just our heart for Israel. I want to read our theme scripture here in just a moment and dive into that. I also want to introduce our Light the World building campaign and what that looks like for us as a church. And I want to leave you with a couple of thoughts then we'll receive communion, and then we'll go witness a baptism this morning. So how many know that's a lot to do in the next 30 minutes? You know, I, uh, <clears throat> I know, uh, like many of you, we've been tuning into the news, the media, what's happening, uh, going on in Israel. Uh, maybe you have not seen what's happening. Um, I, I, there, there's a lot of people connected to that, and and maybe this will help you understand what's happening there. But, but as uh, we saw that there's war in Israel now that's broken out, um, we are really asking the Lord, what is our part to play in a small church, right, in San Antonio, Texas? And how do we play a part in what's going on around the world? So I texted our elders and say, hey, what, what do we need to communicate? What needs to be said? What are you guys discerning? And and I think we all came in agreement with a couple of things. The first thing that we can do, obviously, is pray. Psalm 122.6 says, pray for Jerusalem. Pray for Jerusalem. That, that, that the Israelis are the chosen people by God, and there they are, chosen by God, and he's not done with them yet. There was three things that one of our elders wrote, and I want to read them publicly to us, and then I want to pray. They write, we need to stand behind Israel. Why is there such a demonic rage and hatred against Israel? First, it is spiritual in nature. Satan hates the Jews and the existence of the Israelites is a constant reminder that God exists and that God is still moving and that Satan's schemes are numbered. Two, let's admit it. Israel is God's people as described in Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 10. When Moses refers to the Israelites as the apple of his eyes. So if Satan cannot destroy God, he cannot get to God's people and plans to annihilate them. As you know, this is not new, the annihilation of the Jewish people. This happened in the Holocaust. It also happened in the Old Testament when you read Esther, when there was a cry to annihilate the Jews then. It's been happening for some time. 
Third, Jesus is not coming unless Israel says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yeshua, the Messiah. So if Satan can destroy the Jews, he can delay the second coming. But we know how the story ends, and the battle is already won. Praise God. So there's a real need and a real cry to pray for Israel for these three reasons. It's, it's the birthplace of Jesus. It's God's chosen people. And it's where Christ will return again into the new Jerusalem. And so we're believing that, that there's just going to be peace. There's not much that Luminous Church can do. We can get frustrated. We can get mad. We can watch the news 24-7 like I have. Uh, but we need to pray. So I want to invite you to stand to your feet, and we're going to pray for Israel this morning. We're going to pray for peace and all that is happening. How many of you know that, that Jesus was, was not a zealot? He was not coming. Uh, he didn't come with a sword. He uh, instructed his disciples to actually not take up arms, but to pray and to believe that, that God would come, that his kingdom would come, his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let's join together in praying this morning. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for Israel. We thank you for what you're doing. God, we pray right now, God, for the atrocities that have happened, God, for what they have dubbed as their 9-11. God, I still remember where I was when 9-11 happened. The feelings that I felt, God, the emotions, everything that was going on, Lord Jesus. I can't imagine what these people feel. And right now, Lord Jesus, we're asking for peace in the name of Jesus. We're praying for peace in Jerusalem, peace in Israel, peace in Gaza. God, that you would protect men, women, and children. God, that you would show up and that your hand would be upon Israel. God, we're lifting this up as a cry from our church in San Antonio. And we say, Jesus, we want your heart for your people. God, we want eyes to see as you see. God, give us clarity. And Lord Jesus, let us be a champion for your people and for life always. For the glory of God, we thank you for what you're doing in Israel. Move in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. Would you remain standing with me just for a moment as we read God's word into our theme scripture this morning, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. So we remain standing for God's word. It says this in verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Illuminate your scripture to us, to our heart, to our mind, to our spirit. God, would you come in a great way? Jesus, we want to meet you here. That's why we came to church, to meet you here. God, I thank you for the public reading of your word. God, I thank you that we're allowed to do that in this land and in this church. Would you be glorified in Jesus' name? Everybody say amen. All right, high five your neighbor, and then you can have a seat. High five your, high five your neighbor, then have a seat. Well, <clears throat> there is so much to press into this morning. I'm excited for what God is doing. Um, light the world. Light the world campaign is what we're stepping into. And you are the light of the world. Look at your neighbor and say, you are the light. You are the light. Look at your other neighbor and say, of the world. 
Okay, you are the light of the world. In Jesus, there is no darkness. There is only light. There is only his goodness. And in this particular passage, in Matthew chapter 5, if you remember, this was Jesus preaching his great sermon on the mount to the crowd that arrived. And here he is in the great reversal of everything that went wrong in the garden in Genesis chapter 3. Jesus was making right by speaking spiritual words into the truth and the reality of what was changing and what was about to change because the light of the world was amongst them. This is what God wants to do is he wanted to expel darkness and shine light on it. And if you remember and you recall that Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, they chose darkness versus light. They chose to go their own way versus going God's way. And it's fascinating, right? Because it seems like oftentimes we're attracted to darkness. Darkness feels comfortable to those who are post Adam and Eve. It's all that you may have known. It's your familiarity. But, but how do you know I'm also afraid of darkness? You know what I mean? Like anybody afraid of the dark? I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you, Ross. I appreciate that. So, uh, you know, a lot of times we're afraid of the dark. My, my kids are really afraid of the dark right now. Uh, Brielle, the other day, was on an evening walk with her mom, and that's my daughter, Brielle, with, with, with Brandy, my wife. And as they were walking, they saw a skunk. Well, well, Brandy pulled Brielle away, and that triggered a moment. We may need some therapy, somebody. And it triggered a moment where, where all of a sudden, Brielle is afraid of the dark and what may be looming in the bushes next to our house. So I'm having to carry her in from the car every single night. And that's what good dads do. But sometimes, you know, I'm not all that good. I'm like, come on, get with it. Let's go. You can walk. You know, darkness is interesting, isn't it? Because darkness, it actually moves you into a world where you, where you move slowly, doesn't it? Have you ever been in a pitch dark room and all of a sudden you start moving and you start feeling your way through the room? And if you're like me and you have children with Legos on the ground, or maybe, maybe you're a grown-up Lego player, and, and you put your Legos on the ground and you step onto one of those, what do you do? Yeah! yeah. Ah! Oh my goodness, this hurts. This is painful. You know, and so then you tread even more softly. It's interesting that, that Jesus uses this analogy, that he's the light of the world. He uses this metaphor in a way that's saying that those who are not in Christ are in darkness and they're moving around, feeling their way around through life without any, any sight. This is true. Those who don't know Jesus are, are constantly feeling themselves around the room trying to go about and navigate life through their fields. We do this and we see this all the time where you're moving through this world and there's darkness around and you're doing whatever feels right and you find yourself actually not going anywhere but you're staying in this certain place in fact the only thing illuminated in the dark room is yourself it's actually where selfish, selfishness lies 
in this place of darkness and and we're in the fields and and it's all about my best life do me do whatever i want to do do whatever feels good have you noticed that when when you hear culture say do whatever feels good oftentimes is equated to do whatever darkness inside your heart compels you to do uh, there's, there's this moment where we do this, where we start feeling around and, and the world would say, maybe not feeling around, but messing around, messing around in high school and college. It was guy going from girl to girl messing around. It was, it was different people messing around, going whatever felt right in the moment, whatever felt right. You were your own truth. You are your own reality. That's what darkness leads to. It leads to you being the center. And when you find yourself in darkness, you actually don't move very quickly, do you? Messing around, it's, it, it begins to get you in a lot of trouble. Maybe you have children. Maybe you remember being a child and you were fighting with your siblings and your parents said, quit horse playing. Remember this? Quit horse playing because if you keep horse playing, some of you may get hurt. You may get hurt because the more you horse play, the more you rough around, the, the foolish way of living leads to a life of hurtfulness and regret. But you are the light of the world, Jesus says. You are the light of the world. There is no darkness in Jesus. And when Jesus comes in you, you become children of light, where you begin to shine. You begin to expose darkness. You begin to brighten up the world. It's interesting how those in darkness are always attracted to lights. Uh, and maybe not always, but oftentimes we're attracted to light. If you're, rich, if you're in a place of darkness, usually there will be a moment when you reach a place of hopelessness. Where you've been reaching around and you've been trying to do you, but you find that doing you doesn't work out all that well. And you find this hole and this void inside of you. So when you see a flicker of lights, it's hopeful. Light is hope to the darkness because light has the ability, right, to populate God's goodness inside of a void or absence of protons. It has the ability to bring this light and illuminate this darkness in a great way. This is what God has called us to. Hey, may watch the solar eclipse yesterday? Yeah, I mean, we were all watching it. We were all watching it. It was awesome. I mean, Brandy and I, we, we really had this moment planned up in our head where we were going to go onto a mountainside in the hill country and lay out the checkered blankets and, and pop a bottle of grape juice. And we were going to watch the, the eclipse. And as soon as the moon eclipses the sun and we see the ring of fire, it will remind us of our covenant and the rings that we exchanged and our love would grow even deeper. Amen. Come on, somebody. Preach, preach. Now, Brandy didn't know any of this. And she ended up at Sam's Club in the parking lot with my daughter. And I ended up with Benson as we distributed our Luminous Loves groceries to somebody in need. And we showed up at a coffee shop and Benson and I are watching this eclipse. 
And we're sitting there, and I'm trying to sell it to him, you know. I don't have my, my, you know, my, my love there, my second half, my better half. She's not there. So I'm just, I'm trying to impart this into my son. This is a moment, son. This is where we're here. And it's incredible. Everybody was coming out of the coffee shop. Everybody was coming out. There was a solar eclipse party right next to us. The high school band was playing. Everybody's looking up in the sky. And we're all looking for this little flicker of light. This moment that's going to happen. Because a moment like that would testify of God's goodness and his glory. The heavens declare that he is God. And there's this moment that we can all testify. But it's amazing how we all looked and got out and looked at the solar eclipse. And I was reminded. Because there was something more significant than that. There was one light showed up on the earth. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world. It showed up and it was more significant than that one moment in time of a memory. But when Jesus showed up, he didn't just make a memory, but he made a changed life. He made you new in every way. He lit you up. Everybody say, he lights me up. There you go. I love that. So here we are. We're moving into light the world campaign. Because we believe, as a church, we're supposed to be a light unto this world and to this city. And God provided an incredible opportunity, right, to let us have land. And we're moving into this light the world building campaign. And this is this, a lighthouse, a building that is a beacon of light, a building that is hope, a church building to bring the people of God into the house of God for the glory of God. Amen, church. This is what we're believing for. So this year we closed on this piece of land right here at UTSA Boulevard. This is the land that we closed on. It's an acre of land, raw land. And then we got it platted, praise God. Went through a year getting it platted. There's about two acres of parking with a shared parking agreement with chicken and pickle. That's where our building is going to be. This is what we're believing for. And this is our theme verse for Light the World campaign. In Matthew 5:14. you are the light for the whole world. A city, and we use this version, built on a hill cannot be hidden. Because we believe that this will be a building built on a hill that won't be hidden, but it will give God glory every time somebody goes and plays pickleball, every time somebody goes to those apartment complexes, every time you bring a friend to church, every time God's going to get glory. And we're building a church to light the city. We're building a building to light the city, not to stay in four walls, but to find ourselves being renewed, shaped, equipped, discipled, and sit out for the city. This is what God is doing in our house. This is what he's doing through us, Luminous Church, through our family. This is one of the renderings of the outside with a 360 degree, uh, a a two-story structure that sits there. (laughs) Praise God. This will be the front that you see on UTSA Boulevard. This will be the back of the building right here with a, with a second story discipleship deck is what we're calling it. Where, where the lost will be found, where kids will hear the gospel, where college students will meet in one-to-one books, purple books, small group discipleship. Sins will be confessed. Life will happen. People will walk in freedom. God's going to do amazing things there. Amen, church. 
This is one of the schematic blueprints that we got. This is the first floor of 10,500 square foot roughly structure on the first floor with a worship center, kids ministry, a cafe, a luminous loves pantry to continue to serve those in need in our city. The second story is about 7,000 square feet with a balcony to, for overflow seating. It'll also have office space, youth space, our discipleship deck right there. Praise God. Isn't that amazing? So the question is, is how much does this cost, Pastor Ben? Before I get there, I want to be careful because sometimes you walk into a church and maybe you walked in here for the first time and you walked in the church and said, oh, they're talking about money. And I want, to, I want to just be careful. The reason that we didn't do a business meeting outside of this, the reason we didn't do a building meeting outside of this is because we wanted to bring this building into our liturgy. We wanted everybody to get around this so that we can believe for it, pray for it, confess it, and move forward and start spreading what God's going to do in this house. Amen? Amen. So when I talk about numbers, I don't want you to say this church only wants money because if you have that attitude, we don't want your money. God wouldn't want your money because God wants a cheerful giver. And so if that's you, I just want to say, because I know I've walked in spaces before. I've walked into concerts. I came for a concert, and they're thinking about offering. What's happening? I just want to worship. So I understand that. I want to be sensitive to that. But this is what it costs to build this building. And so as I lay that out there, I want to say this, but I also want to leave us with some thoughts of why Jesus matters. And Jesus is a really big deal for our life. So we're looking over the next two years to raise $700,000. And so this is our two-year goal through pledges, through one-time offerings, through gifts. And everybody say, that's impossible. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, man, you got faith in this room. But let's say this. It's possible with God. With the numbers in this room, it's impossible. I've seen. Yeah, I don't know what I've seen. there you go it's impossible here's what I mean by that it's impossible our general offering is $350,000 a year so it's impossible this is impossible without God but with God all things are possible all things are possible so here's the breakdown the breakdown is this is that we already started construction documents. That's $175,000 that we're believing God will provide through our general offering as we go and we give to our general tithes and offerings. We're paying for that. We're believing for it. And we just know that God's going to do it. So we started that process a month ago because we wanted, as we raise money, to be able to break ground if God were to write some crazy checks for us and we could go right then. So we started that process. The estimated cost of the building is two and a half to three million dollars. And we're looking for a 20% down payment. Anybody own a house in here? Right? Like how many put 20% down on their own house? Not me. <laughs> so 20% down is a great payment. It's a great down payment. And we're believing for that. We're also believing for $200,000 for one year of payments and operating costs. This will make sure that we have enough in the bank to make our payment regularly and to be able to operate without taking any misses in ministry that we already do. So this is what we're believing God for this building. It's an impossible goal, but it's possible by God. And we're doing this through our pledges and our one-time offerings.
So if you were to make a pledge, this is what it could look like. And this is what I'm asking you to pray for, for our commitment Sunday on November 12th. Could you give weekly $10 a week, which would be $1,000 over the course of two years? Could you give more than that? This just breaks it down for you. What does God put in your heart? Not what can I do in my ability, but what can God do if I just said yes to him? Because I know that anytime we give to something like this, it has to be bigger than us. God's not going to call us anytime. I love this about faith. God always calls us to something beyond ourselves. Because if it was just us, we wouldn't need him. This is what God calls us to, is big faith, and we're believing for this in a great way. But I want to let you know that, that we're going this, and we're doing this, and everybody may have not been a part of any kind of building campaign like this. You're just a part of a church plant. This may be the first church that you've come to. So what does this look like? Well, I want to tell you, we're a part of a family of churches called Every Nation. And I have friends who planted other churches a year before me, two years before me, at the same time as us. And God has started working miracles in their life. And they started believing for buildings. And they started believing that God would bring, bring their family a house. And so I want you to hear from one of my friends in Cincinnati, Dr. Brian Taylor. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio. Right now, I am standing in our building, which is a testimony within itself. After a few years of us uh, meeting at different locations for our church back in 2013, we moved into this building back in 2017. Now, at the time, uh, we were working out an agreement where we were able to get a lease here. Um, it was kind of difficult because um, people weren't necessarily excited about us doing this at first, but I remember after sharing a little bit of our heart as an older church was beginning to die out a little bit, I shared our heart and I shared our vision, and I can remember their board who oversaw this building said to me this, we have a building, you have a vision. And they were willing to work with us. But then I can remember as we started to grow as a congregation, there was this little thing called COVID that hit us. And in the middle of COVID, they came to me and they said, hey, we like you guys, but you guys are gonna either have to buy this building or move out. Now, mind you, this was during a time where we were not even meeting in person. I don't even know who's still a part of our church. And the idea of raising money for a building campaign seemed like the worst possible time. But how many of you guys know that if God's called us to do it, then God is the one that will provide us all the way through it. And so what we were able to see was in the midst of all of that, we raised above and beyond, not only to become owners of this space and to make it a home for the nations, but even to upgrade the space so we could continue to move forward. And so we still are continuing to see great things happen right in this space. And my faith is that the same God who did it for us here in Cincinnati, Ohio, is gonna do it for you in San Antonio, Texas. So keep faith stay strong remember be steadfast and immovable always abounding in the work of the lord knowing that your labor is not in vain in the lord much love from cincinnati god bless come on man isn't that exciting Dr. Brian planted a, a year before us there in Cincinnati, and God's just doing incredible work. And I just feel like, man, being a part of a global family of churches and having faith, uh, just sharpen one another from city to city. It's amazing what God can do. There's three things that I want to leave us with this morning. As we're talking about light the world, 
I want to let you know right now that, that we don't light anything on our own merit or our own accord. But we only light because Jesus is light. Everybody say Jesus is light. John chapter 8 verse 12. Again Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That Jesus is the light of the world. It's why we exist. It's why we showed up today. It's because we need something other than ourselves for the hope that God has given and the hope that God wants to bring to us. The second thing is Jesus offers light. He's not only light, but he's a generous God who offers light to us who are willing to receive. This is what Jesus loves to do, that, that while whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life, a new creation, the children of light becoming gods in his very own. The third thing is this, without Jesus, you will remain dead. You will remain dead. You will be full of darkness. There will be no light in you. John 8, 24 says this, I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. This is the truth and this is the reality. This is the hard reality that we always face as we preach the gospel. There's only one way to the Father and that's through his son, Jesus. Jesus has illuminated the Father to us and it's by him and through him that we can know him completely and we are fully known. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. This is Jesus' response to us. That maybe you came in heavy this morning. Maybe you came in with darkness this morning. Maybe you came in with no idea of Jesus. You don't even know who he is. Or maybe, you have a, maybe you've seen a flicker, but it's never shined upon you. I want to tell you today, before we leave today, there is somebody who's being baptized after service. They said, you know what? I was going my own way, but I'm surrendering my life completely to Jesus and I'm going to lay down myself I'm going to lay down my sin I'm going to walk towards him and I'm going to believe in him confess with my mouth and watch the light of Christ shine upon you awake O sleeper arise from the dead and watch what Jesus does this is what Jesus does John Piper says this the light of of Christ is the brightness of God shining on the retina of the human soul. That it's this moment of focusing on Jesus and he is the answer to everything that you will ever need in this life. Jesus is the answer. And I, I just have to say this before, I'd be remiss to say this if I, if I didn't say this before I leave today. Jesus is the answer. Light of the world is Jesus. To light the city, it has to be Jesus. To light our life, it has to be Jesus. There's a lot of things in our life that say, oh, you, you can do a lot without Jesus. There's a lot of self-help therapies. There's a lot of self-help books. There's a lot of moments that happen. But I want to tell you, the only way to the Father is through the Son. The only way to eternal life is through Jesus. And we're going to make a big deal of him because he's worthy of it. He is so worth it. 
Philippians 2.15 says this, that you may be blameless, church, and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. This is what Jesus wants for us, to shine bright, to shine for him, to shine every way. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me, church? As we talk about the light of the world, that he is the light of the world. This is who he is. This is what he's done. Maybe you came into this room and you've never experienced Jesus. You don't know him. You've seen flickers of light, but you don't really know what it's like to, to, to walk in his victory and his freedom. You never made Jesus Lord. You never made him king. This is your moment. This is your moment. The Bible would say this, admit that you're a sinner. Admit that you are in darkness. Admit that you've been going your own way. The second thing the Bible would say is believe in your hearts that he is who he says he is. He lived a perfect life. He died the death on the cross that I couldn't die because he's perfect and I'm not. He defeated sin on the cross and he was buried, but the light did not remain hidden. The light on the third day rose again and it shines before all men. And whoever believes in that and see, confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you will be a new creation. The light of Jesus will come and shine in you. If that's you this morning, you've never done that. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you this morning. Believing that Jesus is going to come and visit you in this very moment. Father, I just thank you. I thank you, Jesus, how you make all things new. I thank you right now, Father, for what you're doing. And Lord Jesus, I just pray for every hand raised, for every person who's saying, I believe, I'm confessing. I want Jesus, the Lord of my life. God, would you renew them? Would you shape them? Would you show up in Jesus' name? You may place your hand down, and I want to I ask two questions. I want you to ask two questions to the Lord this morning. As we come to the Father, and he wants to answer us as sheep who listen to the shepherd's voice. The first question that I would love for you to ask Jesus is, am I being a light? Oh, maybe I'm full of lights, but am I being a light? Am I being a light, Jesus? Am I being a light? Yes. No, sometimes, kinda. And the second question I'd love for you to ask the Holy Spirit. Jesus, where do you want me to shine my light? Where do you want me to shine your light, Jesus? Maybe it's a workplace, a family member, a neighbor. Jesus, help us have courage to be beacons of light into the city. And where there's darkness, illuminate your life. Where there's crevices, show up, Jesus. Shine your lights on this world. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.